Hello, and welcome to Right Now with Ralph Martin, a podcast where author, speaker, and worldwide renewal leader, Dr. Ralph Martin, shares what the Holy Spirit is stirring up in the church right now, words of encouragement from the Lord to strengthen you for such a time as this. We are glad you can be with us this week as we seek to encourage you for this moment in history. And now, your host, Ralph Martin. Today we have a really special visitor, Mother Maria Catherine, who's a parish visitor of Mary Immaculate. And I met Mother uh, at a conference uh, for the Institute of Religious Life, and I was absolutely delighted to discover that her order really has been doing new evangelization before new evangelization became such a focus in the church. So welcome, Mother Maria Catherine. Thank you, you. Ralph. Thank you. Well, tell us a little bit about the order how it started, what its mission is, and we'll kind of go from there. Okay. Our foundress, Mother Mary Teresa Talon, was a Holy Cross sister, and she was a teacher for many years. She was teaching in New York City, and she was had a very great heart for the young people who were alienated, who were troublesome, who were truant and nobody really wanted in the schools. And her mother's heart really reached out to them. And as she worked with them, she felt that the best way to help them, first of all, was to love them and to take care of them and then bring them to Christ through her love for them, but also to go to the family and to see what was going on in the family. And so mother was a, uh, the superintendent of the Sunday school. And she had a hundred, about a hundred lay catechists, and she asked for volunteers. Was this in a parish that she was working in? Sorry, St. Paul's Parish in New York City. Oh, is that where the Paulists are today? Yes, that's where they are. That's interesting. Yes, the Holy Cross sisters had the school in in those days. Yes, Mm -hmm. it was uh, in the early 1900s. And um, so she trained out of a hundred, about three or four of them volunteered to go to the homes. And so she worked with them and trained them, and they would go and they would make the connection between her and the children. While Mother was there, um, on January 25th, 1908, she was at Mass, and she really experienced God speaking to her heart to begin a new congregation of women who would go out for the lost lambs and reach them by means of Christian instruction. So uh, that was really the beginning. We call that our, our inspiration day of our community. And then for many years, Mother worked very hard to begin the community. She was transferred from New York City to the Midwest, to California and the Midwest. But all that time, God was really preparing her heart. She called that her exile. Uh, and that's where she really was training the young women back in New York. They kept constant touch with her. And then finally in 1920, she was given permission to begin the community. And it's so she traveled. How, with, like with the Lord so often, you have to be patient, don't you? The Lord yes. shows you something, but sometimes the, the timing is mysterious, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is when mysterious. it actually comes to pass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was like 12 years between the inspiration and the actual yes, founding of the yes, order. Yes. And uh, she really suffered that time, but she, everything she suffered, she suffered for the cause, she said, mm-hmm. the cause of these young children. Uh, I was just thinking of a story of a young girl that m- was in mother's class. Her name was Florence Rafferty. And Florence came from an alcoholic uh, background. And one day she was in school 
uh, went to mother's class and she had her head on the table and mother asked, she said she was sick. Well, it discovered that the father had beaten her mm -hmm. and she was suffering from mastoids. Oh. And so this young girl, 16, had never made her first Holy Communion, but mother got her to the hospital, instructed her, brought her to come to understand what Holy Communion was. Um, and then on the Feast of the Sacred Heart, she received Holy Communion, mm. and she died not long after she received Holy Communion. Well, it's so beautiful when somebody can help somebody die mm -hmm. in the peace of mm -hmm. the Lord. That's mm -hmm. really tremendous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, now, your foundress is actually her cause for canonization is going on. Is that right? Yes, it is. It is. Great. Well, let's, let's just ask Mother to pray for us. Yes. Yeah, Mother, <laughs> pray for us. We're talking to Mother Maria Catherine from the Parish Visitors of Mary Immaculate. And I was just delighted to discover this order. Uh, they, they were found in the early 20th century, but they were doing new evangelization before new evangelization became such a focus in the church. Let me just read a little bit from uh, your booklet called God Still Makes House Calls. And it's a manual, an evangelization guide for Catholics by the parish visitors of Mary Immaculate with a preface by John Cardinal O'Connor. And people can get it by going to your website, right? Parish visitorsisters.org. Okay, parishvisitorsisters.org. Well, here's what your founder said, Mother Mary Teresa Talon, about your vocation. Mm -hmm. The missionary vocation of the Parish Sisters of Mary Immaculate is similar to that of our Lord. As the Good Shepherd, Jesus, came to save souls, and as his method of saving them was by visitation and travel, so does the parish visitor go out to seek the stray and the lost ones. Jesus did not remain at home and wait for the wanderers to come to him, but he went out daily to seek them. Now, how does this actually kind of play out in, in the life of your order? Okay, well, I would begin by saying that we are contemplative missionaries is what, was, what Ooh, Mother was trying to yeah. bring out. <laughs> yeah, Pope John Paul II in Redemptoris Missio, his encyclical in Chapter 8, mm -hmm. talks about the missionary of the new millennium will be a contemplative all right, well, tell us about so that. So we are contemplative missionaries. Mother said that we give the overflow of our love for Jesus to those that we meet. Another thing that she said is you are adorers, you are contemplatives, you are apostles. Mm -hmm. So in order to bring the love of Jesus, at the heart of the Good Shepherd to others, we have to be filled with that heart of love ourselves. That's great. And so our sisters spend uh, time every day. Each sister makes a holy hour of adoration every day before the Blessed Sacrament, in addition to our Mass together, our Rosary, our time of prayer together, meditation, spiritual reading, etc. That, that, that should do it. <laughs> that, should, that should keep you in communion in with Christ. Right. <laughs> and then all of that is what we bring with us when we go out door to door or when we're on the street, Mother said we also have an on-the-way apostolate. So wherever we go, whoever we meet, we're to bring that love of Jesus to them, oh, yeah. whether it's in the supermarket, wherever it is. Yeah. Now, do you work out of like convents or do you work out of parishes or how, how, how does that work? Okay, so we have our own convents usually, and then a priest will request a sister to work in his parish. So mm. we work one by one yeah. in the parish. From the beginning, we always went out one by one. Um, 
And what do, what do you mean one by one? Just one, one sister, sister going, going out by to herself. one parish. Yes. Oh, so yeah. like we, some people ask us, well, when you go on visitation, do you go two by two? But we don't. So we mm -hmm. go one by one. So that takes a little courage and trust in the Lord, doesn't it? Knocking on a door all by yourself, but you're not all by yourself. We're not. You? The Lord is with you. We're with the good but shepherd. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah well, that's mm -hmm. really uh, that's remarkable. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he will invite us, and it depends on how the pastor wants the visitation done. He may want us to do door to door and get a spiritual census. He may want us to visit um, maybe the baptismal families who have had their children baptized or made their confirmation first communion. Maybe he wants us to visit the elderly. Um, it all depends on how he wants us to do the door to door, yeah. uh, to do the visitation, yeah, I should say. Yeah. yeah. That's a wonderful resource. Uh, where, where are you uh, operating? Like okay. what, what places are you? We have sisters working in the Bronx. We have a convent in the Bronx. I was born in the Bronx, so I'm, I'm glad you're trying to save the Bronx. Yeah, we are. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> One soul at a time. Yeah. Hey, if there's any so. priest out there, you know, these, these are the ones you want in your parish. <laughs> okay, good. Now, now tell us what directors of novices do. Pray a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we pray a lot. And so what we do is try to teach them by our example, by the classes that we have, by the writings of our foundress, what our life is all about, mm -hmm. what religious life is all mm -hmm. about, what uh, being a religious in the church is all about. Yeah. And so we have classes with them, but they live the life of a parish visitor sister, our prayer life. Mm. We try to interject some apostolic work for them. Um, so it's really a day by day yeah. living with them, yeah. uh, journeying with them, really, in their relationship with Christ. It's yeah. beautiful. It's yeah, a beautiful thing. In just a minute, we're going to hear from Mother Maria Catherine her story about how the Lord called her. But I'd like to tell you about this book first. It's called The Urgency of the New Evangelization, Answering the Call. It's a book I've written trying to put together, you know, what really is new evangelization? What's new about it? What's all this talk about a new Pentecost? What has Jesus actually asked us to tell people? And what's the role of Catholic lay people in all this? And so this is available on our website, renewalministries.net, or you can get it on amazon.com and all different kinds of places. So it's a, a really good resource for what, what's this new evangelization all about? Well, Mother Maria Catherine, we've been talking about your foundress. We've been talking about the wonderful apostolate of your order. Now, let's, let's hear a little bit about you and the Lord. You know, how, how did you become a, a parish visitor? Okay. Well, I always wanted to be a sister. When I was very young, I went to Catholic schools. Where were, where were you born? In Brooklyn. Okay. I always tell the sisters, smile when you say Brooklyn. <laughs> but I was born in Brooklyn, raised in Brooklyn, went to Catholic schools all my life. I always wanted to be a sister. Um, but when no, I... Now, when did that really first begin, really? Can you, can you re recall? Yes, I can. Actually, I was probably about six or seven. Yeah. And I remember seeing a book. And at this time in my life, I think it probably was the Medical Missionary Sisters. Mm -hmm. And I saw these two sisters bending over this little child, clearly an African child. Mm -hmm. And something about that just attracted me. Isn't it interesting how the Lord can work in a, a young child's soul and give a call at a very early age. That's, that's really great. It was, it was. Uh, but, you know, when I went into seventh grade, I discovered uh, that there were boys, and uh, there oh, yeah. went my desire to be a oh, sister yeah. out the window. Okay. Um, then I graduated, I started working, and I, 
I should say this, when I was in high school, I was during the Second Vatican Council, things were changing. The way that faith was being taught to us mm -hmm. in Catholic school was changing. Mm -hmm. And I had this experience, well, if it doesn't matter to them, why should it matter to me? Yeah, like it was getting a little confusing. Yes, and <laughs> yeah. I really stopped practicing my faith right then and there. Mm -hmm. um, and I was to be away from the church for quite a number of years. Mm -hmm. and. One day I was playing hooky from work and I was watching television and there was a program on. I didn't see the beginning of the movie, but as it was going on, I can still to this day remember saying to my mother, Mom, I don't know who that man is, but whoever he is, I want to be like him. Hmm. It was St. Francis of Assisi. Oh my goodness. It was a movie on his life. Wow. And that really changed me and I began many things. You know, they started a prayer group in our parish. I began to go to the prayer group, uh, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. And slowly the Lord began to knock at my heart. And I knew then that I really wanted to be a sister. Is that something? Yeah. First, when you were six or seven, seeing a picture of two nuns ministering to a child and then detours along detours the way. Detours along the way. And then just turning on the television and the Lord working through a film of Francis of Assisi mm -hmm. to call you back. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And then getting connected with the prayer group. And, yes. Yeah. And then um, there was this, I really thought God wanted me to be a Franciscan because it was through St. Francis, mm -hmm. but it didn't work. And there was a sister in my prayer group and I just was so, didn't know what to do. And I said, well, you know, sister, what, what do you do? I knew what I felt God was calling me. All I wanted to do was tell people about his great love and mercy, yeah. go to their homes. But I couldn't find a community that did that. She said, oh. You were um, looking for an evangelistic yes, community. Yes, I was. Yeah, yeah. And she said, oh, we're parish visitors. We go to people's homes. I said, sister, I've been sitting here next to you this whole year in this prayer group, never knew what you did. And, you know, um, can I have some information? Yeah. She took me to meet the vocation director, and here I am. Yeah, well, that's really that's really great. So the Lord really put it in your heart when you rediscovered Him as as a young woman. You had a desire to share Him with others yes. and to, to go out to them. And then there was a nun sitting next to you that just happened to be doing that. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's really great. Yeah. Well, can you tell us any any stories of what happens when? When you go knock on people's doors, like uh, what, 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 what kind of range of responses do you get or what, what, what happens? There could be many. Uh, I'll give you just a few examples, mm -hmm. one from my own life and one from another sister's. Um, I was a novice and I was going door to door and we were gathered. There were three of us, the novice director and the other novice and myself were going. And we prayed together before we went to our, se on our separate ways. And the novice director said to me, um, now let's remember that we're going with the good shepherd. He's with us. Mm. And, you know, he's right there with you when you knock on the door. So I, we all said, oh, wonderful. And we prayed and we went. I knocked on the door and this woman answered. And she said, she was kind of friendly, but didn't let me in. But we were talking and all of a sudden in the middle of our conversation, she changed. And I noticed her husband walked into the kitchen and she said, I can't talk to you. And, you know, she closed the door and I walked away and I was kind of dejected, you know. Mm -hmm. and, but I said, OK, sister said that we're going with the good shepherd. OK, good shepherd. How do I get back to that house now? I think she wanted to talk. So I remembered I had some uh, 
books, some literature, some bulletins from the parish, a holy card, etc. And our foundress always believed in leaving things with people. I said, mm -hmm. okay, I'll go back. I knocked on the door and she opened. I said, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. I had this little thing to give you and I, I want to make sure I give it to you. Her whole attitude changed. Sister, I'm so sorry. Please come in. Oh. Is that something? That yeah. was really something. And she wanted to talk. She wanted yeah. to talk. And I can't remember anything went on, what went on afterwards, but it was really that union of our prayer, and yeah. you just go back. Yeah, that's great. Another one is a funny story that a sister, she was telling the story about an, another sister's visit. And the sister went to this home, knocked on the door. The woman answered and was quite angry and looked at the sister and said, I can't stand your face. And the sister just was so shocked. She said, you know, when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I can't stand my face either. <laughs> and the woman started laughing and invited her in, and the rest was history. Yeah, yeah, that's really great. It's been absolutely delightful being with you today. And I'm just wondering if there's anything, a little message that you might have for the folks who are with us today before we close. Okay, yes, I do. Our foundress, one of the things Mother Foundress used to say is, what more can I do for God? And I think all of us can ask ourselves, what more can I do for God? Um, whether we're lay people, religious, priests, there's always more we can do with great love. Um, when we ask the Lord in prayer, what more can I do for you? He will show us. So I encourage you to ask the Lord every day, what more can I do for you, Lord? Great. Well, thank you so much, Sister Maria Catherine. I want thank to tell you. people again how they can get this little booklet called God Still Makes House Calls, an evangelization guide for Catholics by the Parish Visitors of Mary Immaculate. So you can get this at parishvisitorsisters.org. You know, it's interesting that th there's a lot of similarities with what you're doing with what Legion of Mary is doing. Yes, very true. Um, we were founded in 1920. The Legion was founded in 1921. Many of our sisters were members of the Legion of Mary and through their work with the Legion of Mary discovered their vocation to parish visitors of Mary Immaculate. Yeah, that's really great, the connection. You can kind of see that there's a similar vision there. And the Legion of Mary is a, a tremendous, tremendous oh, organization, yes. really. Yes, and, they are. And so yes, is your order. So yes, we thank are. Thank you very much for thank being you, with us. Really Mr. appreciate Martin. it. Thank you. Well, you know, it's really true that the Lord has a call for each and every one of us, every single one of us is alive today because the Lord has a purpose and a plan for us. And one of the things we could really do is just ask the Lord, Lord, show me what it is that you have for me to do today and show me what you have for me to do just in general in my life. And there's something he has for each of us. There's somebody he has for us to love. There's somebody he has for us to pray for. There's somebody he has for us to suffer. So don't waste your suffering. You know, if you're hurting right now, don't waste it, but join it with the sufferings of Jesus and turn it into reparation for sins, our sins, the sins of others. Turn that suffering into intercessory prayer. And just cry out for the Lord for a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit and a great renewal of evangelization. So thanks for being with us. This podcast is brought to you by Renewal Ministries, part of the Renewal Podcast Network. If you are enjoying this podcast, we invite you to help us spread the word by leaving us a rating or review, following or subscribing to this podcast, or sharing on social media. Until next time, this is Right Now with Ralph Martin. Ralph Martin.